0: It's all right, even trying to hang smarty. It's just, it's just sort of the idea of doing it, as a kind of compulsion. Mm-hmm. You know, to try to practice summertime, and, and to try to develop it down and then what's wrong with that. It's just the attitude uh, coming from the Vita, uh, you know, that you of see, that Just doing things out of compulsiveness is a is a niche. Well, then that's why you you say that's it made. you like the gain thing <coughs> nothing wrong with with achievement and gaining, but if it's if it's just a, a bad habit then it, it's always suffering. <coughs> and uh, if you can't see it then you then you uh, then it's the fact that it just comes destroyed everything you do. And if you're if you're into a, a, you know gaining things and success and achievement, then the meditation retreat is always a you know the signal to you know ready set go, <laughs> and you aren't really aware of what what's pushing it. And it's what I'm trying to do is point that out. What what's driving that, What is it that? <clears throat> what is it we do what is it how do we relate to say formal meditation because if you take like the are like Krishna Murthy, then then you form another opinion which is this can be compulsive too. you shouldn't meditate mm-hmm. <coughs> you shouldn't have formal practice you shouldn't have the you will so that's another, that can be an equally blind division. As you have to have. Must have. It's the only way. You've got to do it this way. This is the right way. And so forth. One is just the reverse of the other. But in the, in the, in the uh, mindfulness, then you can see that <coughs> it's, not, uh, it's not that formal meditation is uh, absolute necessity, or that it's absolute hindrance. It's what you use it at, is how you, what you do with it, really that determines <coughs> how helpful or unhelpful it is. <coughs> it's up to you like, like monasticism and all that, but up to you, you, know, you can have grounds for thinking it's, you know, just seeing it only in a negative way. There's a lot you criticize or suspect or doubt about it, or, or you can just see it a totally positive blind thing. that uh, as, as it is, you know, is, I'm saying, that it, in itself, can only be <clears throat> something that that uh, it doesn't have a life of its own. You breathe, in. you breathe your spirit into it. That if you breathe in all kinds of prejudices, violence, attachments, and foolish ideas, then monasticism becomes foolish. <clears throat> Not because in itself it's foolish, but because you've you made it. same wisdom with, with everything, really. There's, with Being a human being, or being a man or woman, or being whatever, the conventional realm that you see, what you put into it, what you attach to, and what it can be. From wisdom, it, then it's, and all these things are skillful. or for a dropout, or someone that just doesn't want to be bothered with things. Yes. You know? And that's because of the Abhijamadhyam Nankara. If you're not aware of that, <coughs> then, you, then even the best uh, conventions can be you know, used for foolish things. Uh, you So know, people think that, <coughs> that it's uh, it's a suppression, and that it's unhealthy, or or there's the other side. Think it is uh, absolute necessity. It's purity. <coughs> that that celibacy is is a, is a is a tool to use for as much not a position to take. So if you if you use celibacy as a way of contemplating as a reflection then then celibacy is a great lovely tool that use. if it's merely just celibate because you're afraid not you're afraid of getting AIDS or something. <laughs> <laughs> or you're, or you're you uh, you have all kinds of fears around sex and you're just trying to suppress it all then uh, then it become it becomes uh, just you know just another kind of miserable thing you're using to, to defend your position your fears suppress fears. then the other you mm-hmm. think it, it's it's harmful and the that in itself is suppression. it's not true because whether you're suppressing or not, that's up to you. Yeah. Whether you're reflecting, that's up to you. I
1: know it's great for this thing in the mind, it's a reflection, right? except on occasions when there's obvious problem with Dukkha, and then that sort of brings up the <laughs> <laughs> incentive to do uh, But normally in the practice especially, there's been a routine in a treat situation, there would have been resistance to the idea of reflection. i just wondering whether that is a, just a result of the conditioning of having lived in Thailand and trained there for so long, uh, and that's the situation which didn't, it's far it, didn't seem to encourage reflection yeah. so much. Yeah. And there is that in the back of the mind, a, you know, that meditation and the practices to attain and the samadhi and, and the whole emphasis in that direction. I don't know whether it started here and then here has some
0: other sort of... Existence to the yeah, idea of reflection. Oh, I think they we do. We're people, you know, because you have to rally, you have to, you have to, you know, look at things and examine. I think there's no lot of laziness. It'd to, to be nice just to just go into some blissful state. Suppression, <coughs> generally, what people are used to doing. <coughs> suppressing everything you get into still posture and silence and and, uh, and uh, say a noble silence and not not any kind of not much stimulation And uh, one really likes to say just the stillness, the tranquility is so nice. which is fine also I mean you want people to realize that that's possible, because oftentimes people aren't aware of it. They're aware of that's really a possibility. Mm. But uh, in a community like this, you see with lay people, our teachers don't teach usually this much, because lay people generally, uh, you know, they just want kind of psychotherapy, really. You know, something that... Will make them feel better. or give them some inspiration. Okay. But they haven't. They haven't developed enough to where they can contemplate things very well. Okay. For now, I mean, you have people here who've really made a commitment, and then there's, there's, now there's no need to just spend weeks just calming down. Okay. They were really contemplating Dhamma, the way from are. Mm-hmm. Well, last year, I remember when I started, with the teacher a party, some people really didn't like that. Because <clears throat> they'd have to start thinking. And they didn't want to think. They didn't want to put their mind into anything. They just wanted to press everything down. Pull everything down. But he was always making you look at things like he he never let me uh, get tranquil (laughs) on (laughs) the it.
1: Always
0: clearing me out. (laughs)
1: Um, (coughs) I kinda (coughs) realized that in fact the people who well maybe shouldn't generalize, but there's a tendency (coughs) that the people we may have the greatest difficulty in playing Samadhi, the ones who are mainly preoccupied with the desire, <laughs> whereas people who can concentrate quite easily, probably don't, it's not such a big thing for them. I the source of the this day. But in teaching the NTGV, turning towards the sound of silence, can that also, just? Uh, be used in the same way, so it's just you know, combining instillment and silence, just not not being bothered, not wanting to be bothered with anything of reflection.
0: Right, because then you attach to that, and rather than use it, Let's see, and the result isn't very good, uh, because you suffer from that. Uh, you, you know, get attached to that and just try to plot everything out or suppress or ignore, dismiss. That's why you really need to use the teachings to really know what you're doing, how your mind works. So that you're not you're not just dismissing things, but you're willing to patiently look at things and reflect and and use the whole the whole relationship of the condition of the unconditioned and the reflection and then you're rather than just, let's say, trying to get rid of thought or suppressing thought or dismissing unpleasant things or feelings. <coughs> That's why this, it's not anything you grasp, it's <coughs> the underst- right understanding of this, uh, the it's not emptiness, it's not form, that is the way out of suffering the uh, right understanding and then the right understanding you have to use your ability to contemplate and reflect and think about things i remember what i told uh, i was you know teachR in uh gun no blue and all these kind of things and uh, i used to i don't know how really just wanted to just you know stop this uh, mad mind and uh the tremendous uh, energy i put into just suppressing things but then that that is uh, but then it you know eventually it sinks in what you're doing and the result of such, such actions are are always you know making things worse really and i get so Frustrated and upset and despairing, and I was into that mood of pain. <clears throat> I mean, uh, like, I, I was really all out to get the a but well, really I was, you know, just got sick and just really just this driving uh, thing that uh, made me utterly miserable and, and uh, angry ugly. I thought, this is it's supposed to be something certain, <laughs> maybe it's <from that> monster, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, something wrong, you know, I was doing it in the wrong way. <laughs>
1: The key is just like attentiveness of the present moment, every present moment, every single present moment. But I notice that if I get very, very peaceful,
0: then the tendency is to get very, very grumpy afterwards. (coughs) I was very peaceful yesterday, but I was horrible all morning, I was really grumpy and grouchy with everybody. (laughs) And to be attentive to that as well as to the peacefulness is the key really. (coughs) Well, I mean, the
1: that, as you say, automatically, of, you, you just have to look at it if you're attentive. It's so painful to see it. <laughs> so the whole it's, there's a sense of fullness, of wholeness, the way
0: that you guide it. It's just like like you, you feel it, uh, like the body. Like I used to feel when when I was in the getting concentration through desire. Then then I could just use willpower out of desire, and I get. I could kind of sustain myself for a while, but then the mind would just wander very quickly, so that then the body collapsed, and so that the, uh, that there was this always this sense of of uh, when it, when the thing was coming from desire and willpower, then then there was nothing kind of supporting anything. It was merely just ideas in my head that gave no support to the body at all. There, there was nothing filling the body. The body was 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 just kind of held up with, with ideas and will. And then but because they have no, no ability to sustain themselves for very long and the mind wanders when when you're attached to a thought then it'll wander. And then the thing collapses. And so like on the old like cities I remember in in and they were absolutely nightmares for them. Because, you know, you can when you, when you uh, in the beginning, you had a few cups of coffee and all that, you can kind of hold yourself up. But then as it got on to midnight and so forth, it was just, just all over the place. And you could see all the markers, all of them were just flopping all over. It, was, it looked like riding in hell. <laughs> 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 but then they, then uh, working with the body more, so that you're learning to sustain a posture rather than an idea. It's like learning to to draw the body up straight and, and sustain it and hold it, so that it, it's energized. The, the body's in the mind rather than the mind is in your brain. You're you're actually feel a sense of. Of, I think of, the, of it being supported by the mind rather than the mind up here with ideas it has, that can kind of drive the body to do things but doesn't really sustain anything in the body but merely just kind of prods it and pushes it. So then you, that's what samadhi is really, it's when, the, when the body and the mind are, are united in, you know the, and they're they're not separate so then then that then there's samadhi, you know, there's a sense of fullness concentration the mind concentrated with the body and then they then they that sustaining then 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 with mindfulness then as you as you get a feeling for that then you, you you're more you feel more integrated into ordinary living. It's not dependent upon sitting special formal practices anymore. But you, 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 the sense of, of being full and complete is is a continuous thing rather than a, a momentary experience uh, due to supportive condition external conditions.
1: It is my you practice this when you're sitting, bringing the whole body into the mind. Right. I
0: bring the whole body into into my mind and and fill the body with the energy so that you it's not just an idea in your head you're working on, but you're actually bringing the whole sense of the body being full rather than sitting here with an idea in your head. There's nothing to do with your body. And then you can kind of willpower you. Why should I sit And then you can do that. But there's nothing to sustain this position. You see, it'll, it'll just collapse. It's not taking a super uh, down-fraction.
1: So you can only take a super when you were driving. Right. You no. Know, it's very intense, and it's taking a super down-fraction. And then we have traffic leading it, which is traffic to change. (laughs) 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 It is very difficult to bring the body, hold on to the mind, for most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about other people, just because the mind is so obsessive with parts of life, like little, individual little things individual parts of the body and uh, the thought, the view uh, 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 and some thought. Just depressing um, things, uh, experiencing my posture as a whole, my whole body and mind.
0: Right. Well, that's what Guy, I will Like you, you contemplate, like a physical meditation, and mm-hmm. that would do it. Meditation, because mm-hmm. you're bringing your attention to the body, then you 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 energize the body. You just by holding it up and and and, and <coughs> sustaining the posture, you can feel energy mm-hmm. coursing through it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and at first, you know, like there's a the, the, uh, there's a, a, a kind of laziness not wanting. Like, if, if you're a person that likes to think, I found it it's something I had to develop because I didn't, wasn't very aware on a, on, of the body at all, and, uh, and I, I didn't like the body. I didn't find it. I just wanted to get into nice mental realms. And so that the uh, if you could just get into a nice mental realm, you want to be bothered with this boring old thing. But then the then the then the the experience would always bring like illness or pain would always bring bring you to attention back to the body. Eventually, you realize you had to pay attention to the body and meditate on it. Yes, uh, Otherwise, you you uh, you, know, you couldn't. Talk. Just ignore it anymore. And, and then, we, we did. Uh, we used, I used to teach a lot of that kind of sweeping, like mm-hmm. the Boxing tradition. So <coughs> you just sweep through the body with your consciousness, so that even the most kind of <clears throat> unknown parts or unaccepted parts of your body it become conscious. Are allowed to be conscious. So you know, in certain parts of our bodies are so uninteresting, and we just don't notice unless they start being painful. And, uh, and I used to really go try to direct my, my attention to say things like an armpit, or an elbow, or or the or uh, the uh, the coccyx, the base of the spine, or the Places that just are totally, have no no particular interesting sensation. That's <laughs> to get, in and, and to kind of increase the sense of of a, of a body, you know, just to realize that by bringing the body in, by allowing the parts of the body to, to be conscious, that the body tends to relax. because I noticed when I did that, the body would get very relaxed. Feel very uh, happy where if you're just uh, suppressing the body with your mind, then the body gets very painful, very uh, unpleasant very miserable
1: and um, <coughs> having mean, it's
0: a new quality. I wonder if you can explain a little to keep to touch the What if you, as you meditate, can things do come up into, like emotions or memories? And if you try to make anything out of it, From, a, from the, of each other, from the ignorance, then it becomes, you become someone who has some problem, has to do something about it. Where if you, if you just see that it is as it is in the moment, like like anything, like any fear, if you know, if you, if you think, if you perceive yourself someone who has a lot of repressed fear, and then you, and then you uh, meditate with that, Assumption. Then, when fear starts coming up, then you interpret it on this personal plane. And I'm someone that has a lot of fear. But if you're meditating with the right understanding of it, then then you realise there is fear, and it's just as it is in the moment. See, so that way you're actually releasing it. It's because by accepting it for what it is, then it ceases. It's the cessation of that condition. Uh, and and therefore you're releasing it rather than suppressing as soon as you indulge in it on the personal plane of I'm this is my problem or you suppress it out of fear out of aversion to it then it becomes a common problem you, see, you become making karma but if you're seeing it as dhamma then it doesn't mean you're not you're, that you're never going to be frightened again but it but you're but that particular moment you realize things as, as they are and, and it ceased, the particular condition of you let cease. So that's the way out of the suffering. That, then that will release the whole, as you keep developing that, then then they say suppressed emotions and the physical traps we've made can be, uh, can be uh, remedied through mindfulness. The mm-hmm. same danger with so much of uh, there's a, a lot of psychotherapy in that, is that it, it tends to reinforce the personal position in regards to these things. And, there, and then there doesn't seem to be any end to that, if you're trying to straighten yourself out as a person, it just needs to come on and <laughs> come to terms with everything. One thing is goes on to another, because the, the perspective is... Is, is is from uh, from uh, a distortion, I learned from my view, my understanding.
1: Like
0: I found, that, you know, like all the things that I I assumed because I was brought up in that, as we all were, in societies that are very psychologically oriented, you know, towards you, like Freudian attitudes and ways of perceiving yourself and and. Uh, interpreting experience from a personality position and uh, I mean I found like some cathartic techniques helpful yeah like sometimes it if, if uh, um, certain amount of uh, I I use various cathartic techniques at first because I wasn't mindful enough to uh, to really uh, just let go of things. But so, I mean, like with anger, I, I found that it's so, in the kind of uh, seriousness of monastic life, in the whole vineyard structure, and the importance and, uh, of the whole thing, seemingly, it's fraught with importance and seriousness. Uh, and I found that I was suppressing anger. Uh, you know, because I was feeling, uh, I, I felt that it was wrong to have anger and that I, and, and I was getting into this very kind of conditioned uh, <coughs> attitude of taking everything very, very seriously. And because of that, there was, uh, one felt, you know, a sense of being kind of just drying up. You were just getting very, very dull and, uh, and life was just very, very gray. And and you were trying your hardest, and you were being terribly sincere, and you were working very hard. But all you were doing was getting kind of more tense and 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 uh, and in your life. And then then you find yourself erupting with anger over some triviality. You know, when you find yourself blowing up over, you know, not that anyone did anything to deserve such a reaction, just the last straw. <laughs> and <laughs> then so then you you know and I'd see that that what was happening was this level of suppression was taking place so then I would I would uh, I would just kind of no, I wouldn't I wouldn't get angry with anybody but I'd go off by myself and I'd just allow myself to really be angry and say things all the things that I was afraid to say. And listen to it so the intention wasn't to my intention wasn't to uh, harm anyone you know I wasn't like sending uh, voodoo messages of doom to anyone but I was I was I was willing to just listen to the anger and hatred and resentments that I was feeling I would before I was just trying to dismiss and then that that brought a tremendous sense of relief but then you don't want you know, and after a while that just wears itself out, because, you know, it, it wants, it's, at once, you've kind of had the catharsis. But then, then the feeling you have to do that every time you get a little bit angry, it's ridiculous. So then you, then more, then, uh, then I was more confident in just working with the, with anger as Dhamma, rather than trying to be perfect, act perfect, and, and say all the right things, and... and and look perfect for everyone uh, by suppressing the aversion and the anger and resentment that I was feeling. So catharsis, sometimes I think in Thailand, especially in them is very suppressed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're not supposed to supposed to. Uh, show anger, no. You don't, it's not, not part of their their uh, cultural value to, to exhibit anger in any way. In fact, the whole society is based on this very kind of way of moving and presenting yourself so that there's the least possible sign of aggression or anger, visible. <laughs> do you have any idea why that should be well it's the most gracious form to live with I mean it's uh, when you get used to it <coughs> it's, it, it, is, it is like a beautiful dance it's a society that has incredible grace and uh, and once if you're living in it and you kind of get used to it it's, it's, it's very pleasant because people don't dump their feelings <coughs> onto you and they don't and they they're very considerate on the social level there's always this sensitivity and of uh, and and not showing off or boasting or or moving in aggressive ways or or exhibiting yourself or anything like this so that once you once you kind of and it's very good reflection for americans because americans are the opposite I mean, we, we don't have any grace whatsoever. And, and we just kind of come right in, you know, and, and uh, it was, uh, uh, and we're very direct. We, we say what we think, and if we, what we feel, and if we're angry, we say so. And if we, you know, we're quiet, we, we, we're, we're not in any way roundabout, obtuse. But in Thai language, they've got the most... Marvelous ways of saying things that are totally indirect, <laughs> and uh, and but then once you get a feeling for it, you realize they never put you on the spot. They never drive you into a corner. They always give you a chance. They never embarrass you or humiliate you. The whole society is a is based around the space saving and this sense of respect for an individual not to be embarrassed publicly humiliated or pushed into a corner. And so uh, this was something that, that I had to really... Uh, you know, I had to live there. I had to, to try to understand it. And, and, and then I found that as a society to live in was very pleasant. I really liked living with Thais. Months in Thai monasteries without Westerners, I really enjoyed it. In fact, when they, when the Westerners started coming, I wanted to leave.
1: <laughs>
0: I really didn't want Westerners because because they were they would they would would always bring this this aggressiveness, directness. And once you developed a taste for this other way you, you couldn't you find yourself very averse very you can see why some of the ties were very averse to to us in that time of, because even here we don't have the grace and the in that, as a part of our natural way of, of operating that they just naturally have but then I found that the uh, Western people were, because of their directness, and uh, uh there was something quite honest about it. But the other way could even get to be quite dishonest. It
1: almost seems as though possible, maybe for the fact that I can do and allow for you to mention earlier, on the one hand, it's, it's actually being built up to believe that we're and
0: the of the Right, that's what I've often felt that there's a lot of things not really looked at. Where, we're in uh, say modern Western, Western society, we are quite willing to look at at things that uh, say on very not very nice things that come up in your mind. So, that, I mean, it's not that not not kind of saying one is better than the other because I don't see that as saying one is you know, trying to say Thai culture is better than English or or that in the long run we are better than they are. I don't believe in that, I don't like that way of thinking because it's very deluding but that there are... we learn from each other. This is what what I see as a a great opportunity here is that it's not to to just dismiss Thai culture as, as something that doesn't have anything you know, any any message for us but or for them to dismiss uh, British English culture as something that is is not as beautiful as theirs so therefore they don't have to bother with it. But there's a we it one will reflect the other. Like like the here in, in England, living in England as an American. England is a perfect reflection for what American being American is. And it's not that, it's not in, in any negative way that I'm saying that, that one is better for them. But you have a way of, of seeing what, what exactly is American, that, that attitude of America, say, when you're living in a country that speaks the, uh, the same language and is in fact very, has had a great influence and direct influence on, the, on America, but is very different, very, very different. Culturally and in, the, in its emotional responses and in its ways of doing things, so that you, you know, you you can you are not taking sides for or against, you're not taking sides with one, but you you're you're learning, you're reflecting on it. So then you, you gain wisdom from that. With Thailand, uh, there's so many things I I loved about Thailand, and also a lot of things I didn't like at all. Wasn't all uh, sweetness and light. There were a lot of, lot of things you could really, uh, really upset me and very unfair things like that. So, so that uh, that was also. Uh, You see how prejudice can form. How easy you could become just form an opinion out of the by dwelling on the thing you didn't like about Thailand and saying it's no good because this isn't this isn't any good. But uh, you know, if you're if you're practicing Dhamma, you don't you don't hang on to things. You don't make judgment kind of absolute judgments because oh, from one from one, from a bias. <laughs> The, uh, the 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 obsession we have with ourselves the same western European American mind very obsessed with our personalities and our individuality <coughs> where in a time on in northeast Thailand that was not was relatively rare to see it's a society, I mean it's Bangkok, you see that now, but in, in where we live, is very conservative uh, rice-growing area. You know, very traditional agrarian Thailand. So the people, the monks, were were not uh, kind of uh, modern uh, rebels in in westernized Thai. They were farm boys, and uh, and so they their attitudes. Were, were very conservative, and the, uh, and this this, was, this would bring up into your into consciousness your your own kind of radical ideas or your idealism, and and a conservative mind sees sees things only in a in a very narrow way, and and feels anything that that threatens that is 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 uh, you know to be rejected. Where, in the, if you're, if you're coming from, like, I used to work with the Quaker American Friends Service Committee in Berkeley. Well, they were so sophisticated and so broad minded that they didn't, they seemed to be so broad they were all, almost flat. They didn't have any, they didn't even have any guts. And so that they were, you know, they they were just so idealistic that almost anything was alright. You know, it was. Everything was tolerable, and and nothing was ever ever really looked at in it, only to be mainly be tolerant about. And and I found that too too much the other way, you know, just too being too, uh, just too so tolerant that you 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 uh, you aren't being honest about things, and then the then the others so 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 if it doesn't into a particular narrow realm of perception; it has to be rejected. But saying when this mixing is going on now, just say with, say like here in Amravati, this is a, this is an Asian form uh, in a European country, uh, and it's a, uh, and it and it's a mixture; it's not pure European; it's not pure Asian it is a (laughs) mulatto but that is but as dhamma. you see it's alright as if you want to if you want purity of culture or or that then you then you've got to you've got to stay within your own conservative convention and not get out not move outside them but if you're if you're moving toward universality and dhamma then you then you then you don't see any great conflict between you know you see one reflects the other like the 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 thai culture and thai buddhism is a good reflection for our for our anti-tradition idealism and uh, and in our anti tradition idealism is a good reflection for conservative Thai Buddhist <laughs> <laughs> and their attachment rigidly saying it to be this way or it's not right, you know. Because this this way you, you can see where your weak points are. You always see where you're getting I mean when I get upset or I feel threatened or or angry or or frustrated or whatever, I realise that's a point to look at. It's a, that's, a, that's the dukkha, there is the dukkha, the first noble truth there, uh, teaching me something. Because in, in living in England now, 12 years of, you know, coming from very conservative <coughs> monastery in Thailand, and living there for, for 10 years, and, <coughs> and being actually trained, been initiated into very conservative tradition, <coughs> Than living in a, in in a non-Buddhist country <coughs> like this as a Buddhist monk, but of all kinds, I mean, all kinds of things. You know, I mean, emotions that you just and feelings of being threatened or or confusion, and that, that you didn't have when when you didn't have to face when you were there, because it was everything was supporting and everything was adoring this conservative tradition. <coughs> and so, the, the uh, living in, in, in England, then, could have been you a know, very upsetting experience, or it was, if used rightly, then, it, then it, it's a reflection for attachment. It doesn't make me want to give up being a monk, or trying to keep the vinyan and living within the tradition, but it it shows me what attachment to it all does to you. How miserable you can make yourself when you're really attached, to it, you know, and holding on, and and uh, trying to to uh, to make it, to kind of impose it on this country, and uh, as an act of will. But the uh, then the, then the whole thing is miserable if, if that's what one is trying to do. Then then the whole thing becomes a burden, and one just becomes. Weary and fed up, wants to go back to Thailand where you don't have to do it. But if you're seeing it as just the way life is, the flow of life, and and the and the the adaptation, the the, the marriage, and the and the uh, product of the marriage, will speak for itself. that's not, it's not, uh, doesn't have to. You don't. I don't feel that you have to hold on. To, to, a path to the path, or I don't feel you have to change it all to fit the, the, the ideas of what people want here. You know, that you have to fit the Theravada Buddhism into European philosophy or Christian uh, convention. And this is, I think it's very important to, to know in the, of the world that, that we don't take these kind of arrogant positions on cultural grounds, you know, like mm-hmm. like one being, one somehow are European culture is more advanced than Asian, let's, let's put it more, there are advantages and disadvantages to, to all cultures. Like, like, say, with the U.S. and Britain, one can, one can, uh, Americans get very critical of the British because they, because they don't act like Americans, and, and the British are very critical of the Americans, and so forth. Well, this is, this is what we we see. We, we we just look and judge from our own particular perspective. But if you're reflecting, then you. you you see the advantages and disadvantages rather than <coughs> making, uh, judgments about it. So this way, how what are learning you can learn from, like like that the United States has a lot to learn from the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union from the United States. Where if you're looking at, you take sides, and you're with your what, and you. For the U.S., when you're against the Soviet, the kind of Cold War mentality, that's just that's just a war conflict, and and makes you stupid, so suffering. Mm-hmm. But if you if you start reflecting, and one will one reflects the other, then then you then you're willing to learn from each other, because each one will each one can act as a kind of mirror, and show up the kind of attachments and biases blind spots that each one has that's why in, in uh, you know when you look at the Vinaya and how the Buddha established it and so forth you realize that he, it is a it isn't a, a list of rules uh, in the sense of laws and rules that that we interpret from our Western attitude. But they are precepts or things to be considered and criterion, examples of good conduct. So that it's 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 not it's not kind of absolute in itself. It's not to be absolutely this way and has to be exactly like this. But it's they're their precepts, they're their, their examples for, for reflection and for reflecting on our own, say, laziness or heedlessness or, or lack of attention to things or, or greed or, or anger and, and foolishness. If we use them to reflect that, then we're using Lavinia's skillfulness. If we're just trying to keep all the rules, as an end of itself, and we become nasty little prigs. <laughs> so we, 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 don't, we don't, we're very rigid. And we get very upset if some, something isn't done exactly the way that we think it should be, and get very threatened and angry. But if you're, if you're reflecting on that, then you're, then you're really seeing the Dhamma, you're using vinya as a as a tool for reflecting on Dhamma.